0: Hello, my friends. Welcome to Word Made Digital. I'm your host, Joanne LaFleur, and this is a bonus episode for season seven. Today, we're going to be talking to Dr. Al Anderson. He is the president of ShareWord Global. And if you're thinking, what is ShareWord Global? Well, they used to be called the Gideons International in Canada. So maybe you've heard of the Gideons before. And we're talking to Al today about... Uh, name change, rebrand, and refocus really that they're doing as an organization into the next leg of the journey with the evangelization of both Canada and the world. So I'm excited to sit down with Dr. Al because actually Al Anderson and I connected years ago through another organization where he was serving students. He worked for 34 years with InterVarsity and beyond all of his degrees, he's got an MBA from University of Washington. He's got a master's divinity from Fuller Theological. Seminary. He is a demon from Gordon Conwell Seminary. He's even been an adjunct faculty member at Tyndall. He has all of that experience in education, and our lives intersected in a really important time in my my own journey when I was a student, a university student here in Canada, and he was someone who was leading and impacting in the way that I was studying scripture and being discipled. So I am excited for you to hear the conversation with Al Anderson because he has insight into his own story, into what is going on in the world of evangelism and how on earth does an organization with such an amazing legacy like the Gideons International in Canada uh, change their name and move forward? What is going on? with their ministry, and you're going to hear some really exciting stories of what God is doing. Can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Welcome to the Word Made Digital podcast with Joanna LaFleur. You're listening to Season 7. Word Made Digital brings you interviews with Christian creatives and communicators to inspire, challenge, and equip you in your own work. The church has the best news in the world, so we want to help you be the best communicators in the world. Here we go. Dr. Al Anderson, welcome to Word Made Digital. I'm really glad to have you on the podcast.
1: It's very good to be um, here.
0: Now, you are in the midst of, um, you know, a big transition with your whole organization. We want to dump into that. Before we do, before we get into what we're here to talk about, can you introduce yourself a little bit? Uh, who are you? Why do we call you Dr. Al? <laughs> All
1: right. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, well, you can call me Al. That's just fine. Um, yeah. So I, um, I've been in parachurch ministry for nearly 40 years now. Uh, I made that decision a long, long time ago. And quite honestly, it's a question about trying to follow God and uh, doing that faithfully. And I am, uh, you know, I've been thrilled about where it is that he has taken Mm me. Um, I'm married. I have three adult kids uh, who uh, I think are delightful (laughs) and actually other people do too.
0: And... um (laughs) You are in Canada now, but you haven't always been in the Canadian context.
1: Well, that's right. I um, my folks were Canadian citizens, and uh, but they settled in the Seattle area. So when I was born, my uh, father said they flipped a coin, and I was became a U.S. citizen.
0: Oh wow!
1: <laughs> yeah, because I could have been I- either. Um, I, I grew up in the Seattle area, although I spent summers on the farm in Lethbridge.
0: Okay. And I guess in so, Seattle, you know, if, if you, if they wanted to have a Canadian baby, I guess they could have driven all across the border to have you. <laughs> it's only what, an hour away or nice. something. Yeah. And so, yeah, you spent the, sort of the early parts of your, your life and your ministry work in the U.S. context And then have come to Canada. And I I bring that up because I think it's sort of part of the story of what we're here to talk about with ShareWord Global is um, it has been previously in the long history part of the Gideons International, um, like the American-based larger organization. So, I mean, you've just gone through – A significant name change officially. It's been in the works for a while. It wasn't a rash decision by any means, and it's part of a sort of a larger plan for ministry. Um, But tell us a little bit about this, like uh, ShareWord Global. Let's start first of all, um, why this name, and then maybe that'll inform backwards why you've changed your name. Because Gideon's is such a a known entity. Why on earth, Al, did you change?
1: Well, in fact, I get that question a lot. Um, The Gideons has a 110-year history here in Canada. It's uh, trustworthy. We've been very faithful, and people know who we are. And so quite often people will say to me, why would you leave that legacy, that tradition and trustworthiness to move to Sherwood Global? And and that story started really ten years ago when we left the Gideon's International and became an independent organization in Canada, or in from Canada. the
0: Canadian office.
1: Well, that's right.
0: Like many
1: Canadian organizations at the time, the CRA was uh, asking for a more accountability with finances, especially money that went overseas. Mm-hmm. And the only way we could really accommodate that is to become an independent organization. I see. And so at that point, we were able to be called the Gideons as long as we stayed in Canada. Okay. Um, So five years ago, when we launched an international organization, we called it ShareWord Global uh, because that's really descriptive of what we do share the word globally. Right. And and we've become well-known in a lot of countries as share word global. They don't, they don't see us as the Gideons. And so just last year, the membership voted to be consistent uh, between the Canadian ministry and the international ministry and call ourselves ShareWord word global. Right. And it, it's very much in keeping with the work that we do now we work with local churches we inspire them to share the gospel and to give out scripture in that context so the scripture that people are receiving are being handed to them from someone who is testifying to jesus and telling them why the the word is so impactful for them
0: yeah and and I I love that. I mean, there's some practical things that you know we Americans, Canadians, we're all friends. I hope, but there's just some practical things that start to to happen when you cross the border that has created some of those nuances that had to be addressed with the organization and you know being in good standing for charitable status and all of that. That you know the things that the, the things that don't make headlines, the not sexy stuff about charitable details and CRA, you know the. The revenue agency and all that kind of stuff but there's more to the story than that it's really how God has been weaving um, um, a new energy and a new focus into the organization um, well beyond Canada and doing it in maybe you could say a Canadian kind of approach
1: that's right that's right I mean when we uh, when we uh, moved away from the Gideons International, we were able to have uh, women be members, uh, equal standing. Uh, we were able to drop the vocational, uh, you know, no longer are you required to be professional or a business person. You uh, you know, all all vocations are welcome. And most especially, we work with the local church. Right. And so in all of our international contexts, the ministry is embedded in the local church. We come alongside to serve them and help them do their mission. Right. And, it- and the result of that has been even during COVID, there is tons of great stuff that is going on because the local churches continue the work and ministry they're not dependent on right.
0: us well please tell us a few stories I've heard a few myself but not everyone listening will have had a chance to hear some of these stories um, there's some new opportunities or doors that have been opening in the last few years um, like can you share a few share a few yes. of these nuggets with us it's really exciting yeah. Well,
1: yeah. <laughs> In fact, you'll have to let me know when sure, I go sure. over time because sure. I, it is very exciting. We, I mean, we know that this is a work of wow. God. Honestly, this is, you know, we know we are not clever enough or strategic enough. Um, so, for instance, we were invited to uh, come and work with a Christian a school in Nicaragua and, distri- and distribute scripture to their students. Twenty thousand scripture. Wow. Um, but the governor of the area found out about what we were doing and asked us if we were open to coming and working with the local churches to distribute two hundred thousand scripture among the mosquito people, one of the the poorest tribes in Nicaragua. Wow. And 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 then the. The federal government asked us if we would come and work through the local churches to share the gospel and leave scripture with every single school-aged child in Nicaragua. (laughs) The
0: entire country.
1: The entire country. Two million children.
0: Wow. So I was impressed. I said, wow, to the first number. You said something like 20,000. And I'm like, that's that's a lot of kids. And- 2 million kids.
1: 2 2 million every household in Nicaragua through their children.
0: Now, w- why? <laughs> why would the what is it what's the, I mean the government has all other motivations. They probably don't care much about Jesus or maybe few people do, but why would they ask you to do that?
1: <laughs> well, um, among the other things they've seen that uh, Christians make good citizens. Mm. Uh, that the churches are contributing to the economy, especially looking out for the poor. And, uh, and the hope is that by bringing resources into the country, they can actually help their country move forward.
0: Right. And that's interesting. It reminds me of um, a story of, uh, unrelated, but a story I heard at the Global Leadership Summit of a uh, high level Chinese uh, researcher anthropologist who was sent to North America to study what makes, what makes this place so successful. Why is everyone so rich, healthy, whatever? Success, maybe success in whatever terms they were let measuring. And I mean, there's lots yeah. of ways we're not successful. But they went and measured this, and the guy, and the guy basically concludes it's Christianity. That, that like the character and the morality and the values of this faith that have made the nation successful over generations, he becomes a Christian and then he has to go into hiding from the Chinese government. So I just tell, I just say that story to say like Nicaragua is actually smart to do this. It makes sense that they would want to partner with Sherwood yeah. Global because it's yeah. exactly as you say. There's uh, They see that they make good citizens. Wow.
1: Well, and that, I mean, that was our single largest project ever huh. until Cuba okay. came along. And the, the Cuban Council of Churches, the, every uh, denomination in Cuba, has now invited us to come, work with every single church there, uh, teach them how to share the gospel and then to provide them enough scripture to go out and share the gospel with everyone in Cuba.
0: Wow. Well, and I mean, Cuba is again, another place of significant unrest. There's all sorts of things going on right now for Cuban people. And so how, how do you even how do you how do you get to Cuba? I mean it's a, in many ways sort of a closed country for at least sharing goods, you can get scripture there. You can get people there.
1: Yeah, well, and we've been invited to come and be part of the very first distribution is going to happen in January, where we're going to uh, gather groups of churches, church leaders, congregations, uh, help them get over their fears, uh, give them basic tools for sharing the gospel, And then uh, turn them loose to go out and do that across all of Cuba.
0: Wow! What I hear you saying, too, is you're not just sort of, it's not like um, uh, dumping a book or a paper or a pamphlet and running away. You're talking about, you're thinking more holistically about training um, the local church.
1: A lot of uh, friendship evangelism. Mm -hmm. Uh, people going and talking in their communities, with their co-workers, with the people in their neighborhoods, um, about what God has done for them, and then giving people an opportunity to e- explore themselves by reading from Scripture.
0: Right. Wow. Okay. Do you have Do you have more stories, or um, whether that's in a, you know in the global context, another uh, uh, any stories of what's going on in the Canadian context?
1: Well, that's right. So what we're seeing is this amazing response, uh, surprising response from churches as they go out and share the gospel, people becoming Christians, people joining the church, um, people now who are passionate themselves to share the gospel um, and this multiplication that's happening in the churches. So we've started experimenting with that Back here in Canada, mm. um, one of the motivations of moving to ShareWord Global is to be able to do things a little differently than we've done them before. So we continue to be very committed to Scripture. We always have. We continue to be very dedicated with evangelism, but now we're also working with local churches to inspire their congregation to join the effort. Right, and the. The very few places that we've tried so far—I mean, you know—COVID has been very yeah, limiting some for us. Challenges to,
0: to gathering in a local church. Yeah.
1: Exactly. But the f- few places we've tried so far have had surprising success. Mm. There have been people becoming Christians uh, even the very first day wow. uh, that folks try, and so we're quite encouraged and looking forward to doing more of that. Uh, this next spring? Uh,
0: well, I mean, we're, we're in a a time where there's a lot of division, disagreement in and outside the church. Sadly, the outside stuff is also in the church, you know, lots of uh, you know, people who are leaving church, people who are unsure what the point of the whole thing is. Um, so maybe no. it's... Um, a redundant question, but I think we should stop and talk about like, what is it about what you're doing? Like, (laughs) like, like, like bringing like scripture, truth, friendship, evangelism. Like it's, it seems maybe for some, it seems obvious, but for a lot of us, we haven't done it or we're scared of it or it sounds offensive to share your faith. Uh, why is it working or what is it that you're seeing connect? Um, is there a certain certain way that it's connecting with people in this moment? Yeah.
1: I, I mean, as you say, there is a lot of fear out there. Uh, people don't want to be rejected. Uh, people don't want to um, be you know, made to look like a fool. Uh, people are afraid of breaking friendship or relationship. Yeah. A lot of reason to be hesitant. Um, which often leads to uh, uh, people who are hesitant about their own faith, even internally. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, a dampening of their own joy or enthusiasm about Jesus. And so what we're doing is we're providing them an opportunity to take a risk in their faith, to step out and see if God meets them mm-hmm. there. And of course, when he does, it is thrilling and exciting and people become passionate again about following God. Right.
0: Um, I mean, this seems like in many ways the story of your life, you know, the the bits that I know about it, I would, (laughs) the story of your life being um, gathering around scripture, discipleship, evangelism, But using scripture as a foundational part of that, um, you know, it's been sort of the story of your whole life. So um, I'd love for you to share a little bit about how that started for you, like why this matters to you personally and how this changes, particularly when you were a a university student.
1: Yeah. So my um, my story of calling really comes in like three chapters um, so I, I know that uh, you've had an opportunity here one of them let me let me share about the very first uh, one that opened up for me so I was having a fabulous a uh, final year in university uh, my fourth year in university was uh, tremendous uh, I was studying biochemistry at Stanford I was doing quite well academically um, a couple of uh, the startup gene splicing firms uh, were recruiting me quite heavily, so it looked like I had a great job in the future. Um, at the time, I was a leader in the Christian Fellowship, doing a ton of teaching, had a had a you know a wonderful and beautiful girlfriend at the time. Wow. Um, was dabbling in the stock market, had just made $15,000 <laughs> yeah, in the stock market. that's a lot of money today, too. In 1980, was a lot of money. Well, so it was kind of one of those golden times in my life. But uh, there, was, there was a kind of emptiness in me, uh, a, a, sense, a sense that I was missing something. And so my uh, my intervarsity staff worker came by, and said, "I have an opportunity for you that is very different than what you've been thinking. Would you be willing to to, to apprentice on staff, volunteer, no no pay, uh, so long hours, no money for this next year?" And I laughed at my staff worker. I said, "You have got to be." Kidding! That is crazy. I mean, my family will be uh, so disappointed with me. This is not the future I had planned. Um, you know, you know. No, thank you. And he and he said, "I'm serious. I'm I'm making this offer to you." And I said, "I know." And that makes it even funnier, <laughs> because you think someone would actually say yes to that. So I went, I went away and said, I'm not even gonna think about that possibility anymore. But of course, it started haunting me. And I mean, one of the things that haunted me is all through scripture, are these crazy invitations that God makes to people that just seem, you know, they're they, life changing and in a weird direction. And I started wondering, is that what I was supposed to do? So I broached that with my parents and they hated the idea. I mean, (laughs) my my mom.
0: Were they Christian?
1: um, Well, um, you know, nominal church attenders. Right, right. My mom said she would write me out of the will if I did that. Wow. My grandmother called me, the one who had financed my education, Weeping uh, because of the because of that, Um, you know, i struggled with it. My grades were falling apart. I lost all the money in the stock market. The only consistent thing was that girlfriend of mine
0: Hmm.
1: who who said to me, you know, it's obvious what you're supposed to choose. Uh, She she always could see my calling before I could. Now, wow. I will tell you that wonderful woman, I've been married to her for 40 years now. Um, and, <laughs> and she has always seen my calling before me. Wow. And so wow. I decided that I would uh, make that choice and do that. And what happened for me.
0: Even, you know, even when you're saying you had all this because a lot of people you'd give advice to young people saying, you know, your parents, you're, they know you, they love yeah. you. Don't be rebellious. Listen to them. But but you felt like you really had to do it.
1: And what happened inside of me is it was like a fire started Mm -hmm. that was joy and passion and energy. And in spite of my circumstances, again, I mean, a lot of things were falling apart around me. I knew that that was the right call the right decision. Mm. And I dedicated myself at that point to doing everything I could to stay in the place that God had for me, to stay, right. to continue to follow him and, and choose to, to, to be obedient to him.
0: Wow. And so, uh, so, I mean, it sounds like you don't regret yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, what what were some of those early things that you saw, you know, that really fired you up with with young people? Yeah,
1: well, so, you know, I started leading a Bible study in an area of campus that they had never had any kind of success leading a Bible study. It was a, a, a notorious area. Um, but, you know, I had nothing to lose. Right. I I, <laughs> I went and I started I started, stu- you know, studying scripture with a whole group of non-Christians who then started to become Christians. And Mm -hmm. and the Christians started to get um, more and more passionate about the gospel as they saw it changing people's lives themselves. And asked me, how can I do that too? So then they started leading Bible studies. And it just kind of proliferated uh, from that. Um, Taking a step out in your faith, Um, often is a blessing not only for the people who you care for, but for you yourself. And that was the experience that I had. Scripture became alive for people. It changed people's lives. Um, I mean, it changed me uh, as well.
0: Wow. And I mean, that's carried with you for, as you've said, like a a 40-year career, I think you've, you've described it as. And... What would you say is different? I mean, as you do your work today, ShareWord Global, um, is what's what is the same and maybe what's different or what are some of the new challenges that we're facing? Right.
1: Well, I, you know, when I first became a Christian, first started doing ministry, it was in the midst of the Jesus People movement, um, the, the uh, young boomers who were willing to take risks and try crazy things and. I mean, quite honestly, there were some pretty easy parts about doing ministry in those days, um, because of the way that people responded to uh-huh. risk taking. If you believed something, you you actually did it. You tried it out. Um, you know. Then then we went through cycles, right? Then you had a Gen X that came along. Um,
0: jaded a little. Uh,
1: uh, Well, yeah. And for good reason, you know, they had been hurt. They had been burned. Less respect for authority, uh, hesitation, you know, um, and and they were then calling for more authenticity and uh, more vulnerability in their leadership. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the the Actually, one of the helpful things for me is I came from a, a more broken background, too, and could empathize. I mean, I, I just right. shared with them some of the stories that I had, and, uh, and we connected. Um, you know, then we got into millennials who were passionate and enthusiastic, but quite honestly, most of the time they were drowning in options. Um, you know, there are just so many things that you could be passionate and enthusiastic about. How do you choose um, and how do you stick with it? Uh, things that they had to grow and learn in. Yeah, I mean, every generation, right? With their, with their flaws and the gift that they bring. Um, right. You know, millennials are cross-cultural. Uh, they, they get social media. They're connected in a way uh, that, you know, boomers are pretty fiercely independent, right? And so, you know, again, each generation bringing its gift yeah. to the kingdom of God.
0: Right. Well, and, and you know, what I love about Sherwood Global in the story right now is saying, let's not, like, let's honor the past, but let's not be stuck there. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's a lesson really for everyone listening and anyone who's leading an organization to say, how do we honor what's happened and, and see what's happening? What are the doors that are opening? What are the opportunities? What if we, you know, and that doesn't necessarily mean you have to rebrand yourself. Yeah. I mean, that maybe, but maybe it does. Maybe maybe it's an, a new day and a new approach. And and that you, you've had the courage to do it, to do the, you know, understand the times and Make the changes needed for stewarding this into the future, yeah. and I and have to um, give
1: a tremendous amount of credit to our membership. I mean, remember our the the uh, you know the previously Gideon's membership um, tend to be older, uh, you know, a little bit more conservative, but they saw where God was leading us, and they right. said yes to it. Um, right. I have a great board. Again, uh, people who are willing to embrace the new and the challenging. We're, you know, we're looking at changing whole countries uh, through the ministry. That that could be intimidating for a lot of people.
0: <laughs> My eyes got big. Well, it's as you said, the idea of every child in Nicaragua having having a connection to resources from ShareWord Global, um, having training or opportunity to connect with the leadership, uh, you know, whoever the local leaders are from their local churches, and then how that will then affect every household in the entire country. It's not just sort of some audacious, fluffy thing. It's very tangible and real um, what you're doing. Yeah,
1: every month, 50,000 children hear the gospel and receive a scripture of their own every month.
0: Wow. Wow. Um, and so, I mean, you've, you've talked about Central America. Is that your primary focus right now? Are there any other regions um, that, I mean, that's a lot. You're already doing so much there. But I'm just curious, are there other places that you're connecting right well, now? Well,
1: that, that, those have the most spectacular stories because it's whole countries. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, we're doing ministry in Kenya right now. Um, Just a few months ago, we were invited by the head of the prison system in Kenya to come Mm -hmm. and train their chaplains and Christian inmates to be able to share the gospel and scripture in all the prison system in Kenya. Wow. So uh, huge things happening in Africa. Um, We've been asked by a couple of uh, local churches for training and resources uh, to be able to share the gospel in Iraq. Um, So there's work in the Middle East, um, huge things going on in uh, South Asia, and uh, in spite of the lockdowns, uh, still a really thriving ministry in China.
0: Wow, amazing. So I feel like um, people listening are saying, so— how can we be involved or what, uh, what do you need for So it sounds like things are, are going well in terms of like, you know, your team is united in this, um, focus direction. Um, the membership, the board, like everyone's excited about this new direction. Yeah. Um, now you're getting us all excited about it as we're listening to these stories, but we don't live in Nicaragua. Uh, or Kenya, at least most people listening wouldn't be. And so how how can we get involved as Canadians? Right. So,
1: um, you know, we have two-week, 10-day to two-week international trips that happen uh, all the time where we go to these countries. We are able to work with the local churches and go out with them to share the gospel. So, if uh, someone was interested in one of those international trips, they would be more than welcome.
0: Wow. Okay. And and I know COVID has changed some of that, Absolutely. I'm sure, but in 2022, will there be some trips? Oh, yeah.
1: We are we have trips okay. starting in January.
0: Um, awesome. Wow. Next
1: spring, across Canada, we will have these one-day events where we gather uh, congregations with our members again uh, Help them get over their fears, give them some basic tools for sharing the gospel, and then go out and actually share the gospel across Canada. And so if people are interested in a one-day event here in Canada, uh, we have those um, all across the country.
0: OK, well, and and um, I would imagine, too, you know, there's an opportunity to give. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, if people want to go on the website or are, are there is there media content or like if people want to see videos or photos of some of the stories you're telling yep. uh, mm-hmm. or some of the places you're working.
1: Check out the website. It's all there. Oh, yeah, I mean, awesome. just to say the um, the Nicaragua project, when we said yes to that, it was equivalent to our. Our entire annual budget. Wow. Um, when we said yes to Cuba, it's the same story. Now we're we're going to take a number of years to accomplish each of those, um, but there are unprecedented doors that God has opened that we hope to be able to respond to as quickly as possible.
0: Right. Wow. Well, Al. I mean, if there's just you know. Um can you leave us with a just an encouragement or an exhortation as we go, maybe even a scripture, if there's one that's on your mind that's means a lot to you at ShareWord Global, um, you know, why this matters, encourage us to be mobilized to, to get involved in sharing the best news in the world, as I like to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that's easy enough. I uh, our, our scripture at ShareWord Global is go and make disciples mm. of all nations. Go. Go. Is it go. And what we have found over and over again is that when we hear an invitation from Jesus and say yes to it, it is amazing what God does.
0: Mm.
1: And uh, it brings us such joy and worship to see him at work. And so I just invite people to be hearing from Jesus and saying yes to him as he invites them to go.
0: Al, thanks so much.
1: My pleasure, Joanna. It's been uh, great to be with you.
0: Dr. Al Anderson and ShareWord Global, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk today. You can go to ShareWordGlobal.com to find out more. They have all kinds of initiatives going on that you can get involved with, with your local church, as well as go trips that are going around the world. And hey, at this Christmas, if this is a a story and a cause that's compelling for you, I encourage you to go to the website at ShareWordGlobal.com and give your year-end gifts to this amazing organization. See you next time on the podcast. Thanks for listening to the Word Made Digital podcast with Joanna LaFleur. If you like this content, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Rate it and share this episode with your friends. Head over to wordmadedigital.com for more free tools and helpful content for creatives and communicators. We love helping you communicate the best news in the world.